0: Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hey, how are we? I'm okay. I'm recording this late in the day. I took a nap, so I'm feeling a little post-nappy, you know, like I have a little post-nap hangover. This morning I did some volunteer work with my internship that was fine, but I came back and was tired. I took a nap and now I feel a little discombobulated. Um, I'm gonna do a little hodgepodge episode today where I answer pop culture questions, hot takes, comments, whatever. I'm kind of inspired by Troy McGeady, what he does over on the Dunzo Instagram. I you know, there's no new Teen Mom this week. There's no new Teen Mom for a couple weeks, which is fine. Usually I do a throwback or I talk about a non-teen mom related show. And I just wasn't feeling inspired like to do anything. <laughs> I, like I was like, I could do a Sister Rives episode. I was like, eh, I don't really feel like doing a Sister Rives episode. Maybe I'll do a Sister Rives episode next week. I was like, I could do a throwback episode. I was like, eh. I don't know. I just like wasn't feeling that inspired to watch anything and just talk about that. So I figured I would do a little pop culture moment. I figured a lot of the questions would be things that I could talk about, which is what happened. Um, First, I wanted to touch on just some teen mom things that are going on. Um, So this week it came out just the other day, Breeze attorney asked for a continuance continue continue uh, my brain not quite working he asked for the next hearing to be continued <laughs> basically being like i'm going to be out of town i don't have time to prepare for the next hearing whatever it is usually that is agreed upon by the attorneys and then they just tell the court and the court pushes it. This is something that happens all of the time in lawsuits and criminal law as well. Court takes a long time. So I guess Bree's attorney asked Kale's attorney like, hey, do you care if we do this? Expecting him to be like, no. Especially because apparently uh there was something that happened where Bree's attorney agreed not necessarily like against Bree's best interest because obviously that wouldn't happen. Like the attorney has to work in Bree's best interest. But like in a way that really helped Kale's attorney, he agreed to do something. I think it had something to do with like a deposition that just basically ended up saving them both money Um, that he could have been if he wanted to be an asshole. He could have been like, no, there has to be that deposition. You're like Kale's side has to pay for it, blah, blah, blah. But he was like, no, that's fine. So he was mad that Kale's attorney didn't just agree to this, so Kale's attorney apparently files a motion explaining why he's not allowed. He's not like agreeing to the continuance, and it is really bizarre. Reason one is because apparently Kale was hurt that Bree filed that deposition by Chris around Thanksgiving, even though it was taken, not deposition, um, affidavit. Even though it was taken at the beginning of Thanksgiving, they didn't... Fi- or the beginning of November. Sorry, my brain is fried right now. They... He filled out the um, affidavit at the beginning of November, but they didn't submit it until like right before Thanksgiving, which is kind of a petty lawyer move to do. Um, And apparently, Kale was really hurt by this and it ruined her Thanksgiving, blah, 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 blah. Whatever. Don't care about that. And then also... They wrote I don't know what this has to do with Kale's attorney agreeing to do anything. It doesn't really make any sense to me. This seems like petty behavior between the parties. But I guess Kale has advised her attorney not to like cooperate with anything that Brie's attorney is suggesting. I guess. Um, and apparently Brie as like a jab at Kale sent her a treadmill like paid for and had delivered a treadmill now that's so shitty like is it kind of funny sure because these two people are such idiots and like everything about this is so idiotic and like just hearing that is like she did what come again and like it's like is there a funny element in like somebody being so spiteful that they like go and spend hundreds of dollars to be mean to someone I guess um but like I'm Even though as far as this lawsuit goes, I've been totally on Brie's side, as you guys know. Like, I find that to be so inappropriate. It's not funny. First of all, it's like throwing stones in glass houses. Like, Brie is not teeny tiny. Brie has humiliated herself multiple times to get free surgery so that she can be thin. Um, If you will remember, last time she went to Dr. Miami, he, while she was passed out, like, wrote cardio all over her body and pen as, like, a reminder that she needs to be working out. She's done a lot of really, in my opinion, humiliating things to get her ideal body. Like, she lets Dr. Miami really humiliate her um, in a way that I just, I find very sad. so, for Bree to be like, I mean, Kale has too. Kale also let Dr. Miami, like, do her surgery on camera so that she could get a discount. But, like, beyond that, it's just not, it's not funny. It's not. Even if Brie weighed 90 pounds and was, like, a fucking supermodel, it still wouldn't be funny. Um, I, kale being fat has nothing to do with anything. It, like, it's so stupid. It's just really, like, I, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I don't think it's funny. I don't like that. No, me no like. Me no like that at all. Okay, so that's it for that lawsuit. I also, okay, so I wanted to talk about this because I was feeling inspired by it yesterday. Not inspired, but I was like, I want to remember to talk about that tomorrow. So Kale, for the last couple years, has been talking about the fact that she does not do Christmas with her kids. And every time this gets brought up, people get fucking enraged, like full fury over this. And I just find that to be so stupid. Um, I grew up doing Christmas just so everybody knows like yes I'm Jewish my mother is Jewish but my dad is Christian we did Christmas and like we did Christmas big time like we didn't like my mom would like decorate the house we had a tree it wasn't like we were like doing advent calendars and like Christmas caroling and like watching Christmas movies together as a family but like when it came to like opening presents and shit like we fucking did Christmas Um, we would wake up on Christmas morning, we would uh, open our stockings, and then my mom would make breakfast, which my mom didn't really make breakfast a lot throughout the year. So she would make eggs and we would eat that um, and like open some more stockings during it. Then we would go into the living room and we would spend like an hour opening gifts. Like we got a lot of gifts, like a lot, a lot of gifts. And then we would get changed and we would go to my grandma's (laughs) where we would get a lot of gifts at my grandma's, like a lot of gifts at my grandma's. Um, I was a very, very spoiled child. Everybody would have their own little pile at Nana's and like the adults too. There would just be like hundreds and hundreds of presents, seriously, because there were four of us kids and then eight adults plus like my grandma and sometimes my Aunt Ruthie, which was my grandma's sister. And like there would just be piles of gifts everywhere. Um, and like this continued for most of my life. Like we, so like, and then we would have Christmas dinner and like the adults would get drunk and lots of Bloody Marys and mimosas and stuff like that. So like Christmas was like a big deal in my house. Um, so I say this as someone that did grow up doing Christmas. I'm not saying this as somebody that has never done Christmas. So like, I don't know what I'm talking about and I'm missing out, but I am somebody that knows many many people who never did Christmas ever because I am also Jewish and I have a lot of Jewish friends um I also have friends that are Hindi and Muslim and guess what they don't do Christmas either my community now has a huge Indian population uh, which it did not when I was growing up but now there's like a huge 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 uh South Asian population and most of them don't do Christmas and it's fine like it it's just so the tunnel vision people get in regards to Christmas, I find so weird. Um, I challenge anybody that hears that somebody doesn't do Christmas and like gets upset by it to like make one single friend who doesn't celebrate Christmas. And you can see that it's like truly not a big deal at all. Um, At all. Christmas is, for non-religious people, Christmas really just is about presents and like <laughs> Christmas trees that like and I say that because I grew up not Christian doing Christmas like so I think I can speak I can speak to that like if you're not religious and you're not celebrating the birth of your savior um, then it doesn't Christmas doesn't really matter you're doing it because you like gifts because we live in a Christian country and we have a cultural understanding of Christmas and like we live in a Culturally Christian country, and you will meet a bunch of people that are like, Well, I'm not Christian, but I celebrate Christmas. Like, anytime a Jewish or non Christian person, a person that grew up in a family whose family has never been Christian, so a person whose parents are Muslim or Jewish or whatever, and they'll be like, Well, Christmas is a Christian holiday. And somebody'd be like, Well, actually, I'm not Christian and we celebrate Christmas, but their family is like culturally Christian or their grandparents were culturally Christian or even their great-grandparents were cr- culturally Christian. There is never like, they don't descend from non-Christians and then there are definitely, I, I feel like there are people that did did grow up in non, like, non-Christian like non families that do Christmas and like, but m- those people are usually at least willing to admit that like they do it because they like Gifts in the Christmas tree, but like they at least understand that it is a Christian holiday. I don't know where I was going with that. That's not really relevant to Kale. But Kale has decided she has come out and said that her boys all go to their dad's house on Christmas and she doesn't like Christmas. So she stopped doing it at her house. She doesn't decorate for it, they don't do it on a different day, and she doesn't buy gifts from her kids for it. She says that every year instead they go on a big uh, trip. And like that is their Christmas gift and that she just doesn't want to do it and she would prefer that they just do it at their dad's house and I think that's so fucking reasonable now is Kale doing this a little bit out of spite because she doesn't get the kids on Christmas I'm sure I'm sure she is but here's the thing like I wish that If Kale doesn't like Christmas, like, I'm glad that she's not doing it. I think that we do things. I've seen a lot of people be like, well, my mom didn't like Christmas, but she put on a happy smile and she made it so happy for me anyway. And here's the thing, though. Kale doesn't have to do that because they go to their dads where they have Christmas. My mom didn't like Christmas and she really, like put herself out to do it. And looking back, I'm like, I really fucking wish she didn't do that. I wish she didn't do that. I wish that we did not do Christmas at our house and like we open gifts on Hanukkah or whatever. It just wasn't a thing. And then we went to my grandma's and did Christmas there. Like we never wanted for anything we had. I was so spoiled. Like I did not need Christmas morning to, like, make my childhood happy and I would have been perfectly content just doing Christmas and my grandma's if, like, that's all that I knew, right? Like, the only reason that we did, like, that I looked forward to Christmas at my house is because that's what we always did. And, like, looking back, I'm like, wow, it really sucks that my mom, like, did that. For what? Because, like, it made me happy and, like, yeah, it made me happy, but being, like, getting gifts to my grandma would have made me perfectly happy. Um, I I just think that it sucks that we expect. And there's certain things that like as parents, I do think you need to do even if you don't like. But when it comes to something like Christmas, if your kids are getting if you're especially if your kids are getting Christmas somewhere else, like I don't see the big deal. People are like, well, Kale should do a Christmas on a different day with her kids. And I'm like, why? Why should she do that? It does. If Kale doesn't want to put up a fucking tree and Kale doesn't want to decorate her house and good for her for not doing it. Good for Her kids are not missing out on anything. I saw people online be like, well, they're being robbed of Christmas traditions with their mom. And it's like, no, you're looking at this from the wrong frame of mind because there's no inherent value in a Christmas tradition. And I will say that full stop. And I know that's going to upset some people, but there isn't. There's no inherent value in a Christmas tradition. Just like there's no inherent value in Kale taking a trip with her kids every year. Do you know what I mean? Like that's their version of a Christmas tradition. And that's lovely. But kids that don't get to take a trip every year are fine they're okay. Um, I mean, obviously there are lots of statistics that kids who take trips like do better in a lot of other areas in their life. And that's only because those kids are rich. (laughs) But I just mean, as far as like the act of taking a vacation, lots of kids come from super loving and happy families that don't take trips every year. Like that's just not where their family traditions are. And so it's so fine that Kale's kids don't do Christmas at her house. And it's okay. Like I saw comments that were uh, one question was, like, how do you explain to the boys that Santa isn't going to their mom's house but goes to everybody else's house? Which is so idiotic because, like, first of all, it's super easy in Kale's instance because you just explain that they're going to their dad's house where they are. And second of all, like, stop telling your kids that Santa goes to everybody's house. <laughs> Santa doesn't go to everybody's house. I've been thinking a lot about Santa. Uh, I'm just going to rant about this for a minute. So, I've been seeing a lot this year, I feel like especially. Where people are posting that like stop telling kids that expensive gifts are from Santa. I actually can find this. I know exactly who posts who shared this when I was um like really thinking about this. Hold on, I'm going to find this. Now, I'm not anti-Santa. Like kids fucking love Santa. I'm not anti elf on a shelf. I'm not anti any of that shit. I want to make that clear. Like I'm not fucking stupid. I don't think Santa's going away. I really like, if you want to do Santa, like Santa is a culturally like relevant, popular staple in our society. I have no judgment for anyone that does Santa. But what's losing me is when people are trying to apply logic to Santa and rationality to Santa and equity to Santa. As soon as we start to think about the finer details of Santa, Santa falls apart. Hence why kids stop believing in Santa when they're like eight years old, right? Because they like use some fucking logic. Kids get the ability to reason and they're like, that doesn't really make sense. (laughs) Like, it's no surprise that kids find out about Santa at the same time, Santa not being real, at the same time that children develop logic and reason. (laughs) But like, so this is not me like hating on Santa, but I am going to kind of hate on the idea of trying to make an equitable Santa. So I saw this post. It's from a social worker's like uh, Facebook page. It says, I cannot stress this enough. Stop telling your Santa age kids that their iPads and iPhones and $200 toys are from Santa because some families can't afford that little kids wonder why they got socks or coat or hand me down toys from Santa and other kids got an iPad this is the second year I've had a parent cry to me telling me that their kid asked if they weren't good enough or if Santa didn't like them as much breaks my heart for the parent and the kids so take credit for the gift Santa didn't buy the iPad for mommy from that iPad mama did or daddy did. Leave the less expensive gifts from Santa. Be blessed that you can afford what others cannot. Merry Christmas. No. I read that and I think, sure. Yeah. Let's not tell people, let's not tell kids that gifts are from Santa because especially let's not tell kids that you get to- gifts from Santa when you're good. Because then what do kids that like their parents can't afford to get them good gifts from Santa feel? But here's the thing. The conclusion is not get shitty gifts and give them from Santa. I don't, that's not equitable, right? Like that's not fair because guess what? There are kids that don't get a single thing on Christmas. Not a, not a sock, not a jacket, not a winter hat. There are kids on Christmas that don't get shit. That don't get a single thing so this idea that like we'll just tell them that santa's needs like that gifts from santa are necessities and it's like okay so the kids that don't get necessities what should we tell them it's just like what it's like santa is all or nothing right it's like god is everything or he is nothing like that's how i feel about santa like you either go full hog like all of these gifts are from santa like Santa's magical. Santa goes to everybody's house. The elves make all of this or like Santa doesn't exist. I don't I don't see how you can read a post like that. And your takeaway is that your gifts from Santa should just be shittier and that like mom and dad get your good gifts. So like kids that who Santa doesn't bring them good gifts feel OK. OK. So what about the kids that Santa doesn't bring them anything? Do they not count? I know this doesn't really have anything to do with Kale, but it's just something I've been thinking a lot about lately. Um, My nephew doesn't, they don't do Santa with him. I think if I had a kid and I was doing Christmas, which I'm not sure I would do. I mean, I guess I would do it because like I, we would do it with my dad. I don't really think I would do Santa, not because I think I'm like morally superior. Like it, I just, I don't love the idea of this like Magical, mystical being that brings some kids toys and not all of the kids. I think it's kind of crappy. But at the same time, like, I re- like, I under, I believed in Santa. I had Santa until I was five, and cousin Julia told me Santa was not real. And my mom had to tell me that Santa's a spirit and he's everywhere. She says that I ruined the Easter Bunny for her, but. I think that was after Santa. And I'm curious as to how her sister, who's definitely the one that told her Santa was not real, allowed her to also believe in the Easter bunny. Seems unlikely of our dear Alexis that she allowed that. Julia's an older sister who terrorized her as a child, like full on terrorized her. <laughs> He's really great now, but she was like kind of a monster when we were kids, which she fully admits. Um, that's the only reason I would say it on this podcast, because she fully admits she was like a terrorist towards Julia when we were kids they have a big age difference I think seven or eight years so it's just um yeah she got tortured but like I I just like I like it's so fine that kids leave in Santa I I kind of feel like if you're doing Santa you should just do it right and like this idea that like oh well, I'm only gonna give my kids like necessities from Santa because I'm I'm teaching some them some life lesson on equity doesn't make any fucking sense to me not at all. That this was a useless rant. Merry Christmas. <laughs> oh, gosh, then I saw a bunch of discourse online about if you let your kids sit on Santa's lap, and I xed out of that. I thought, I don't care about this. I really don't have an opinion on this. All right. I'm going to take a quick break and then we can chat about some of these pop culture questions or opinions or whatever I'm calling them. Oh, speaking of Santa, I wanted to share that I raised... Almost $6,000. I think it's $5,600 or f- almost $5,700 from Operation Santa this year. Thank you so, so, so much to everybody who donated. All of the gifts have been shipped out. Um, shipping wasn't as expensive as I thought it would be, which was great. I was able to donate a bunch to One Simple Wish. Um, I had talked about this on the podcast before, I think, because earlier in the Operation Santa raising fund money, I gave $500 to One Simple Wish for a woman to be able to buy some new furniture. Um, I gave, five, it was like $493 or something, I think. Like very close to $500 to somebody to get a fridge. Um, a teen dad who had aged out of foster care who was getting his first apartment and there was no fridge in it. So we bought him a fridge. The other thing is I bought on One Simple Wish this year were... Um, uh, money for a new suit for a boy for like his winter holiday dance. Money for a new dress for a girl for her winter holiday dress dance, and then uh, makeup for somebody that wanted to, like money for somebody to buy new makeup. So. That was really exciting. The Operation Santa stuff. As I said, I bought some stuff off of Trans Santa. Um, I can pull up my spreadsheet. I was able to get everybody on the Operation Santa, basically every single thing that was on their list, which was so great. I was so glad I was able to do that. Lots of gift cards. Um, Zachariah and Ruben, who had a their mom wrote that they had a tough year. I sent their mom a thousand dollars in gift cards. Everybody else got two or three hundred dollars in gift cards um, yeah, it was just super, it was super great. I was able to fulfill some, um, teacher lists, like some items off of lists for teachers. And I, a listener, I had uh, posted if anybody needed help buying a Christmas tree, let me know. And a listener had reached out and, You know, was really vulnerable and asking for help. And so I was able to send her some cash to help with Christmas. So thank you again. It was $5,653 is the amount that we raised. Uh, We donated every cent of that, um, more than that, because I put some money in too. So yeah, that's really exciting. Thank you all so much. I really appreciate it. Um, And let's talk about pop culture. There goes Cookie Monster. I really want to get a dog. There's this dog I keep seeing from this local rescue that has only one eye. And it's like the cutest thing I've ever seen in my fucking life. But it's a girl. And my mom says that Cookie can't live with another girl dog. So I've been looking at boy dogs. Dogs are just such a commitment. (sighs) But I want one. Okay. Um, First one. Oh, a bunch of people asked me my thoughts on and just like that. The Sex and the City show. So I only watched the first episode because after the first episode, I was like, I didn't like that. I'm sure I'll watch the rest of it. There's only three episodes out now. I've read about what happens in all the episodes. Okay. Here's the thing. I think I feel differently than a lot of people as far as the way certain characters are behaving, such as Miranda. Like, I have seen so many people on TikTok be like, Miranda would never be racist and bumbling like that. And I'm like, Miranda would be exactly that. I kind of feel like I watch a different show than a lot of people in some ways (laughs) seeing their reactions to Miranda. I'm like, yeah, girl, Miranda would be exactly like that. First of all, like social justice was not, if you go rewatch the original show, like she was not keeping up with this. She was a corporate lawyer. Like social justice was not something that Miranda particularly cared about right like it was not a huge part of her character it's a big part of her character now i'm pretty sure because of Cynthia Nixon making it a huge part of her life um it, i like i was like yeah that makes total sense to me like she's a boomer or, or i don't know if she, they're boomers or gen x i personally think they're boomers like when you watch the original show in my opinion A ton of the show is about them being different from the generation below them, which is Gen X, right? Like, Natasha is Gen X. 20-somethings versus 30-somethings, like, those 20-somethings are Gen X. They're not millennials. They're Gen X. In my opinion, like, the ladies are all my mom's generation, even if they're maybe 5 to 10 years younger than my mom they're boomers. So Miranda, like, is that white liberal boomer who's, like, trying to stay with it but isn't able to stay with it and makes a lot of mistakes. But, like, her heart's probably in the right place. But, like, she has a lot of issues. Um, my I listened to this podcast, Come Through Queen, and I was listening to, like, their Patreon version. They were talking about this, and I thought um, Brendan, one of the hosts, had a really great point in which, like, people have like mystified these characters so much to the point that like they identify as certain characters and Miranda is the one that I feel like everybody in the last like 10 years has just like looking back realized was a much better character than me she got credit for when the show was originally on cookie is losing her fucking mind oh my god truly no reason N- there's not a single soul out there no delivery truck truly no reason um but Miranda like became the character that everyone was like I fucking love Miranda she's the best thing that ever happened she's by far the best character so I think people like projected themselves onto Miranda and they're like well I would never do that and it's like okay yeah because you're 30 years younger than Miranda Miranda's like 55 right in this show like her being like weird and racist despite being liberal like makes sense also her like not being able to talk to black people normally makes sense because Miranda didn't ever have any black friends yeah she dated Blair Underwood for a minute but like there are plenty of white people that will date a person of color but like not actually have any friends that are people of color and do nothing to like beyond dating them right like Miranda not being able to like have a normal conversation with a black person without like trying to prove her wokeness That makes total sense to me. I thought the line where she was like, you know, and then I just like I quit my job and I just wanted to be part of solution. I just like I couldn't just keep wearing my pink pussy hat. Like I thought that was perfect. It's like this level of self-awareness while still not being self-aware at all. Uh, As far as Samantha, when people are like Samantha would never end a friendship over money to that, I say, why the fuck wouldn't she? Why wouldn't she? anybody would end a friendship over money well, kind? Of, that doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any goddamn sense well, who wouldn't end a friendship over money literally anybody would do that if they felt like their friend their best friend who they helped along the way and like gave really good business service to was suddenly fucking them over why wouldn't you end a friendship over that and why would you come back for somebody's funeral if you weren't friends with them anymore So, while I understand that people are upset that Samantha isn't there and maybe think it's like an unfair treatment of the character to say anything negative about her, uh, one, I remind you, Samantha's not real. (laughs) I've seen people be like, How dare they do that to Samantha? She's not a real person, guys. She's not real. It's okay. It's okay if they disrespect a fictional character. It's okay. I promise you. But I don't know. I I think that's some real shit falling out over business. It's why you don't do business with your friends because the chance of falling out is very high. (laughs) So I wasn't quite sure like why people thought that was so fucking impossible um, because shit like that happens. I also saw some weird takes that were like Samantha actually like may have been Carrie's best friend. But like Carrie wasn't her best friend and she must have a whole separate friend group. And it's like, girl, no, shut up. Did you watch the show? <laughs> so those are my, I think, contrarian takes on the characters. I just didn't like the show. I hated the podcast thing. I hated the wokeness part of it, which I hate to say. Um, I'm not saying that it should, like, ignore social justice. It just, like, was cringy to watch in a way that not, like, a fun cringe. I didn't like the storylines, really. When they killed Big, it was spoiled for me, but I was still like, what are we doing here? <laughs> So will I watch the rest of it? Sure. Um, Do I like it? No, not really. I just didn't think it was very good, honestly. Uh, I felt Charlotte's frantic energy to be a lot to take in. I didn't care for the stuff with Miranda's son very much. Steve being on like have no hearing was weird. Um, I wish I could have just retconned Um, what's his face, Stanford and Mario being together. I was like, I don't, I just don't think that needed to happen. I know they got married in that fucking second movie, but we should have just retconned that whole second movie. You know, we should have just retconned that. Um, I'm sure, uh, and just like that is glad that Big is not in the rest of the series because now that Chris Noth accusations have come out and then people are digging up that old, old ex-girlfriend of his from when he was on Law & Order talking about the fact that he beat the shit out of her. So that's not great. That's really not great. Um, But yeah, those are my and just like that thoughts. So, you know, it's, it is what it is. Okay. Um, Jana Duggar case, which I talked about last week, but I also had some people say like, hey, what, you know, what's the difference between Jana Duggar and what Leah, what happened with Leah and Addie? And to that, I say like nothing. There's nothing different with them. Um, I don't like I think the reality is, is that anything having to do with the Duggars is just like super high alert. Um, I think a cop went over there because somebody saw the kid in the street and I think gave Jana a ticket, which I believe I just saw she pled guilty on. I don't know if it was confirmed, but she's going to plead guilty because that's what you do. When you have a misdemeanor, a low level misdemeanor like that. You just plead guilty. You get a plea deal and it comes off your record eventually. So do I think that like what Janna did was really bad? No, as far as what we know. Um I think that the cops don't want to be the one that like ignores the duggers and like something happening and then something worse comes out. So like Let's say you're the cop that shows up, you bring the kid back, and you're like, hey, don't do this again. And then three weeks later, another kid gets out, goes in the road, and gets run over. And then it comes out, oh, actually, this happened before, and the cop just let it go. So I think they're like kind of at that high alert level. So, I mean, those are kind of my thoughts on the Jana Duggar case. I hope hope Jana's getting a break. Uh, Lots of questions about my thoughts on Ben Affleck's comments on his marriage and addiction, which, look... Did I think they were, like, that bad? No. But my thing is, is I think, I don't think he was necessarily blaming Jen. I think he was talking about, like, their realistic nature that if he was still married to Jen, if he was still in an unhappy marriage, he would be drinking, which I think makes sense, right? Um, But I think Ben was doing an AA share in public, basically, which, like, don't do that. Don't don't do that. First of all, I think that you have like he's been famous for how many years like you have to be smarter than that. Like, honestly, I read a lot of the interview. And even in context, it didn't sound great the way he was talking about Jen. And I think that he was probably not doing it on purpose. He was like, really, truly thought he was just talking about himself and wasn't like thinking about what this would sound like with in regards to Jennifer Garner, which I think is probably classic Ben Affleck. I think he's probably incredibly selfish that way. But like you have to be smarter than to give sound bites like that. Um also like there's I like you just still need to talk about your marriage falling part if you have young kids. Um You could be like, look, we weren't happy together. I was a mess. I was drinking. Jen tried her best, but like we just weren't good together anymore. And like we both realized like it had to be over. Jen did everything she could. I was really drinking heavily at the time. I was a terrible husband and father. And I'm like really grateful to Jen that even when we weren't together, she stood by me. Uh, I mean, like never forget that Ben publicly cheated on her. I don't know. I just think it was like a bad a bad phrase to say. Like, I don't think he should have said that. I don't think he needs to be. I think that any talk about like the destruction of his marriage without him taking full accountability, even if Jen maybe did some like fucked up shit, which she probably did because humans are humans. uh, The reality is he's the one that cheated. He's the one with the like falling down drinking problem. He's the one that was an alcoholic before he ever met Jen. He's the one that was an alcoholic and drinking for years after Jen left him. Um, I also think that like Jennifer Garner is like fucking obsessed with publicity and their public image and did a lot to help Ben in the wake of like his destruction. And like he would have these terrible scandals and then not scandals, but like after a while being sober, he'd show up like shit face drunk somewhere and then she would let him come like take the kids to church with her. And so I think for him to, like, say anything negative about Jen is really shitty after everything she's done for his career. And I think that I wouldn't be surprised if on Sunday tomorrow, but today, if you're listening to this on Sunday, um, that Jen will be, like, letting Ben take the kids to church with her. Like, she's really obsessed with his public image in a way that I find bizarre. Um, but yeah, I just I think it was a shitty quote. Like, I think I think there's stuff that alcoholics may say to other alcoholics that um, that doesn't need to be said, like, on Howard Stern or wherever he was. <laughs> uh, somebody asked me my take on Selling Sunset. I only watched the first two episodes. Guys, Selling Sunset fucking sucks. I, like, plowed through the other seasons. I cannot. Sh- Chrishell is not a star. I can't watch. I can't watch a season. Like, I. It. she just does not do it for me. Um. As far as, like... Christine Quinn. I find Christine Quinn to be very fake. I bet if you go back and you listen to the Patreon episode I did on Selling Sunset, which I think happened. I know I also did one on Cara's podcast like a million years ago. Christine Quinn always gave me Erica Jane vibes and I was an Erica Jane hater always, which you know, really is vindicating for me. Um I always felt like Erica was playing a persona and like a performance of some of Erica like I felt like she was I don't even want to say drag necessarily because I think drag takes a lot of skill and I don't think Erica was even doing that but there's nothing authentic about her and that's how I feel about Christine there's nothing like authentic about her that makes her a fun villain like when I say an authentic villain I mean like a Kristen Doty from Vanderpump Rules is an authentic villain I just don't, I don't find anything that compelling about Christine Quinn that like pushes her along in this show. And the show sucks. But I think uh, today I might watch some Selling, sell, Selling, Selling, some Selling, Selling Sunset Tampa. That to me, I was like, oh, maybe that could be interesting. Selling Sunset's just never been a good show. And I'll go as far as to say that uh, Netflix is not good at reality. Netflix does not do reality shows well. There have been very few Netflix reality shows that I think were actually good. Very few. Okay. Um. As somebody else speaking of somebody was asking my Erica Jane thoughts. I think I've talked about this. I don't know. It all blurs together between like feathers and Patreon and other people's podcasts. Um. I never liked Erica Jane, so it's been funny to see me be vindicated that way. Um. As far as like. I can't believe Erica did this season. I think she's coming across so horribly. I don't know why no one in her life is sitting her down and being like, you need to act apologetic. Like, even if in your heart you believe that you did not do anything, you need to be more apologetic. Because this, like, cold, I'm actually still the head bitch in charge bullshit that you're doing comes across so poorly and I get she can't be like I'm sorry because of lawsuits, but she doesn't have to be acting the way she does. Do I think Erica Jane knew everything? Absolutely not. Um, but do I think Erica Jane's name is on documents? I mean, we know they are. We know all that money went into her account specifically, and we know she signed shit, so she's responsible. That's just is how it is. It doesn't really matter what she knew, you know. Okay, what else should we talk about? Somebody asked me about the Paris show. I'm not watching that shit. I fucking hate Paris Hilton. She's not fun. She's not funny. She's not charismatic. (laughs) Not here for the resurgence of Paris Hilton. I'm so uninterested in it. Uh, Wendy Williams. Oh, my thoughts on Wendy Williams and her recent illness. I don't really know what's going on with Wendy. It's very... strange they keep being like she's doing better she's coming back but then she doesn't come back I did see a picture of her and her son like walking in New York recently and she looked okay I hope she's okay I don't believe I know people are saying like she's early onset dementia which I don't believe she's just I think just chronically ill she doesn't she have Graves disease or lupus she's she has some sort of autoimmune disorder and addiction issues. So I think she maybe had a relapse. Maybe. Um, I hope she's okay. It seems like I'm curious if she'll be coming back at all, if like if she can handle coming back. I've been seeing some talk about like a permanent replacement, but I, I think that she won't do that unless it's like literally impossible for her to come back. Pete and Kim. Fake. I mean, total fake PR do do I think maybe they're having sex sure sure I could believe that they're having sex I don't I don't think that like just because somebody's a fake relationship or PR means that they like don't do anything together but like I think that they're definitely 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 a PR couple um, okay, so your thoughts on true crime, particularly when approached comedically. I've gone off it. Um, I talked a lot about this on my Patreon. If you are not a patron, you should go to patreon.com slash Liz Explains. actually just did a true crime episode last week where I talked about this a little. I've talked kind of extensively about this on my Patreon. So if you're a patron, you already know this. But I've really also been moving away from true crime that is comedic. I've been really trying to examine my consumption of true crime. I've always loved true crime for as long as I can remember. The first real news story I can remember is Sean Benet Ramsey. And I was on vacation in Mexico um, over Christmas that year when she was murdered. And, like, I remember reading. My mom got me, like, all of the tabloids so I could read all about it. Why did she do that? I don't know. (laughs) It was, like, eight. But I my mom really, really likes true crime a lot. So, like, I've just always liked it. Law and Order is like, always been my favorite I fall asleep to Law and Order most nights. Um, yeah, I've like always loved true crime stuff, but I've really been trying to evaluate my consumption of it. Uh, comedic true tr- 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 comedic true crime—I've never really liked. Um, I never liked my favorite murder. I fu- I just I hate the name of that podcast in general. My favorite murder. Uh, once somebody recommended me that I listened to the last podcast on the laugh left, and I turned it on not knowing what to expect. And when I tell you, I had a visceral reaction to it I like I was upset by it I was not expecting it to be like shock jock radio hosts I don't know what I thought it was but no no like that at all I fucking hate last podcast on the left I hate it um and I always see people like defending these like well they do a lot for the victims and blah 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 blah. but I mean I think that all of us are true Like, consume or produce true crime content, like, need to admit that we're exploiting it. Like, if you listen or if you produce it, like, it's exploitation. It just is, right? Like, we need to look at that. Um, I've been thinking a lot about it in regards to TikTok recently and like seeing it kind of happen in real time on TikTok. Uh, the Gabby Petito stuff was just so gross. I think because I've become so, um, like aware of conspiracy stuff and fake news and I'm seeing that like seep into true crime like I just I try really hard to be conscious of what I'm consuming but also aware that like there's no ethical consumption of true crime really I mean there definitely are podcasts that like the victim's family will be heavily involved and I think that's probably the best way to go But in reality, like, I don't know, like, I was listening to a podcast. It was, like, The Voice of Victims, I think it was called. And I'm like, but you don't have the victims on this podcast. So how are you the voice of victims? You know, like, I've seen a lot of true crime things that kind of purport themselves as being, like, victim-centered. Is that true? If, like, you don't have the express consent of the victim or their family before you publish this? Um, So... It's just one of those things that I'm like trying to be aware of what I'm consuming, but also aware that like when I listen to and when I talk about true crime on Patreon, like I am part of the problem. I am. And but I feel that way about a lot of stuff. You know, it's like hard to be critical of our media consumption, but we should be. Uh, it also makes me think of like when it comes to um, what was I saying? What do I also feel this way about? Oh, like Law and Order and like these procedurals that I, proced- procedurals, how do you say that word? I don't know. That I love to watch. It's all like cop propaganda, you know? Ugh, it's, not, it's not great. So, yeah, I think a lot of us are like having having this reckoning of true crime content. Okay, I've had a lot of people ask about Trisha Paytas um, and like Trisha's wedding and the new drama that's going on. So I have kind of not totally fallen off of Trisha Paytas. I like check in every once and again, but I've been finding her content like so boring lately because it's just so trolly in a way that like just isn't fun for me to consume it. I'm like bored by it her views have been super low. She just hasn't really been doing anything. Her wedding views were so low. What did I think of her wedding? I think it looked like shit. I think it looked terrible. I think it's very clear that Trish started planning a wedding when she was still like making a ton of money off of frenemies and her own channels. And then frenemies went away and her views like drastically dropped. Like she's getting like 20,000 views on videos type of situation. Um, I think Kern Moses... Hate each other. I think Trish is an abuser. I think Trish is a really bad person. I mean, I guess I'm glad that everybody's caught on to this. I felt like I was screaming into the void for the last two years when she was like really getting a resurgence of popularity, and I was the only person that was like. Trisha's super anti-Semitic every single week on Frenemies and everyone's like shut up if she's being anti-Semitic Ethan would say something about it and he's not so it's not anti-Semitic and it fucking was anti-Semitic and I was fucking right about that and um so yeah the wedding I don't really have a ton of thoughts on besides the fact that it was ugly the dress looked like shit the room looked like shit everything looked like shit She told the valet like not to give Moses his keys so he wouldn't be able to leave, which is classic Trish. (laughs) But I am glad that this Ethan drama is happening because it's like the first fun Trisha stuff that's happened for me in a while. I love to watch Trisha cry about Ethan. I think it's so fun. I'm like not an Ethan and Gila fan. I don't think that they're remarkable in any way. I think that Ethan gave uh, Trisha a platform to be a fucking anti-Semitic piece of shit for way too long. If you subscribe to my Patreon, you can go back and listen to me just like scream into the void where I'm like, I don't know why anybody else doesn't care about this but me. Um, <laughs> Like there was a certain point where I like totally stopped watching in front of me stuff because it made me so mad in a way that wasn't fun. You guys know I like to be fun mad. Like I like to hate watch things. I like to be mad about things. It's just who I am. Is it good? Probably not, but it's just who I am. But it went from like, haha, this makes this is fun to watch this and be mad about it to like I was actually like fucking mad about it. And I was like, oh, I need to stop watching this. Like I've personally crossed the line that like isn't fun. So that was nice to like see Church finally get called out. But Church has been posting like a ton of anti Semitic stuff on TikTok as she always does. And she posted this TikTok of her um like dancing in front of a lit menorah, which is like what people were doing to oh, Hanukkah, that song. And she had uh like words across the screen that were like when you couldn't finish conversion classes, so you pay off a rabbi so you can be Jewish. Now first of all, Trish would have to fucking start conversion classes. It, Trish has never taken a conversion class in her life, ever. Full stop. I 100% guarantee you I would bet $100,000 on it. Trish has never talked to a rabbi. I'd bet so much fucking money on that. Um, Trish is not converted. She's not Jewish. She'll never be Jewish. She'll never even try and be Jewish. Full stop. So, like, I knew that that was fake because she never even started a conversion class. So, she doesn't know any rabbis. So, but it's still offensive. Like, first of all, it's not, it's just not funny. Um, and implying that you're paying off rabbis, like, Uh, buys into like anti-Semitic tropes, uh, you know, like Jews are greedy and the idea that you could like pay off a rabbi to do something just like in the greater scheme of like anti-Semitic beliefs. It's just really gross. Um, And Ethan like finally responded on TikTok and was like, this is anti-Semitic as fuck. Fuck you. And then Ethan made a video that was like, A podcast that was like, Trisha, you're a piece of shit. Fuck you. Fuck your family. It's actually really fun and enjoyable to watch. I don't like Ethan. I think Ethan gave her a platform to be anti-Semitic for way too fucking long. I said over and over again when Trisha's on Frenemies, like doing her thing where she's like flipping out on people. I'm like, she's going to do it to Ethan eventually. Like this is how Trish behaves towards everyone. She gets in with someone, their best friends, then she turns on them eventually and makes a thousand videos about them, which is exactly what she did when Frenemies broke up. Um, so, she made this video that was like 40 minutes long of her just like pretending to cry with no tears coming out about how Ethan is such a bully and she never mentions them and they're obsessed with her and blah, blah, blah. And I did see a lot of takes that were like, she hasn't been mentioning them. They shouldn't mention her. Oh, go fuck yourself. Trish is an anti Semitic piece of shit. And I don't care if she gets bullied. If you care that Trish gets bullied, log off. Like, truly log off. You are on the wrong side of history with that. Like, full stop, wrong side of history. She deserves every bit of hate that she gets. I loved when she was like, when people ask me to stop talking about them, I do. Except we have like hours of footage of her being like, I will never stop talking about this person. I do not care. Poor fucking Charlie D'Amelio, who was like sobbing on TikTok being like, Trish, please stop talking about me. And Trish was like, I don't care if you're a child. I will talk about you. (laughs) So I guess something happened behind the scenes because they both Trisha and Ethan just both deleted their videos about each other, um, like the new videos from this week. But I, she was like, they ruined my wedding week. And it's like, just log off the internet, bam. Just log off. <laughs> Those are my thoughts on Trisha Paytas recently. I just think that she's the worst person to ever exist, honestly. like, <laughs> I truly think she's one of the worst people on YouTube. She's so awful. Oh, Okay. Um, oh, somebody, I thought this was interesting. What do you think about the TikTok social justice accounts? She named some, but I don't necessarily know those. Like Tizian, I don't know who that is. Um, necessary overkill. Sometimes I'm green, sometimes I'm torn, internet mob and all. So the one that I always see is roxercist. It's like R letter zero X I C S T, I think is how you spell her name. I'm sure if you just do R zero into the search bar, it will come up. And her whole thing is like reporting people to their jobs or faking vaccine records. And like, if somebody is bad, like somebody's misogynistic, she'll like find their mom and send their mom their videos and like get them fired from their job. And I'm of the mind that like it's okay to do this, but the energy around it is dark and intense in a way that, like, I'll watch these, but they make me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> so I think we're probably on the same page where it's like, you had it coming. Like, don't get on the internet and be a racist piece of shit. Or, like, be a nurse and talk about the fact that, like, you're faking a vaccine card. Like, if you do that, like, there are consequences to be your your behavior. But there is, like, an uncomfortable energy around these people that do this. Um, I feel this way almost like... You know, like, I've talked about this with Janelle, right, where I'm like, if people want to get Janelle fired from stuff or, like, get her pulled from stuff, like, it's deserved. But, like, there's something about the energy around it that makes me feel a little uncomfortable, and that's how I feel about those TikTok, like, social justice accounts. I don't know if I would call them that. I don't really know what their account's like, how I would classify them. But, yeah, I I definitely feel that way. Okay, Uh, this person says, hot take, Britney shouldn't be in a conservatorship. But she sells a lot of issues that they need that she needs to address. And yeah, I think that's very clear. Um, I really didn't like Britney's video where she like attacked Christina for truly no reason. I also think that Britney like making multiple videos on how much she loves Jeffree Star, despite her fans being like, please stop posting about Jeffree Star is really funny. Um, (laughs) It's not great. I think that Britney's going to get herself into a lot of hot water with the social media. Um, I think that people right now are really treating her like a child essentially and letting her get away with a lot of stuff because they feel bad for her. But I think eventually, I think people have created this persona in their minds that Britney is like this incredible socialist leftist hero because Britney hasn't really had a public persona in the last 10-ish years, right? And so like she's kind of become this meme in a lot of ways. And I think that that's is going to come, like, I think that eventually people are going to turn on her when they realize that's not real. I think Brittany, her Instagram is a little unnerving in a lot of ways, but I also think that people are allowed to be unnerving, you know? But like, yeah, I think she has a lot to address. I think the thing that sucks is that she probably won't address it. And I can't say that I blame her because she has been abused by doctors and therapists for the last 15 years. And when you have experienced abuse like that, you don't get help. It's what's so unfair about, um, like, people who have been abused by the mental health system. Then they don't get to get help later. It's so upsetting. There's somebody in my life that I really deeply care about that, as a child, has, uh, their parents, like, really use mental health services to abuse them further, essentially. Their abusive parents use doctors and therapists and programs to abuse them further. And that's really common, right? Um, I mean, you hear about it with the therapeutic boarding school communities. This person went to like one of those wilderness camps, was stolen out of their room, like that whole thing. Actually, quite a few people this happened to. And the thing that sucks is that this person like could really benefit from mental health help and is probably never going to get it because they rightfully do not trust doctors and therapists. They rightfully do not trust them. And that's really common. I think that will be the case for Britney because why the fuck should Britney trust therapists? Why the fuck should Britney trust psychiatrists? Why should Britney trust anybody? You know, like after you've been essentially held captive for many years, like why would you trust the system? If I was Britney, I wouldn't trust it. So do I think Britney will have some problems? Yeah, I do. Do I think it's a hundred percent understandable? Yes. Um do I hope that maybe she can find somebody she trusts to come in in a manager-like role and really help her with her social media presence and help her with her public persona so that it doesn't like totally backfire against her? I think that would be really important. Um, Like I think she would really, really benefit from somebody that she could trust coming in and kind of I don't want to say monitoring her Instagram because she should be allowed to post what she wants. But at the same time, Bernie is a celebrity, right? With a huge fucking following. And right now people are kind of cheering on the messiness that is her account. But I think that they're going to grow tired of it like the public always does. And so I hope that she can find a team that she trusts to come in and help with that public persona before she kind of loses the goodwill of her followers and her fans. I think her fans will always be there, right? Like her really, really determined fans and her like her, not determined, but like her devoted fans that have been fans forever. Like I think they'll always be there for her. But I think in the last six months to a year, she's gotten like this whole gaggle of people who always liked Britney, but like weren't necessarily big Britney fans who will turn on her. And that worries me for her. Um, so I hope that she has, she'll be able to find some people that she trusts to come in and help her. And like, I don't know how you could possibly come out of a situation like that without serious mental health issues. She was being like violently abused by everybody in her life for the last 15 years. But like I said, like, I don't know if she'll get help. And I think it would be reasonable. She did say, I remember in her court case, um, when she was giving the testimony to the judge that like she knows she probably needs therapy. So I hope that she is able to find people that she trusts um and like whatever mental health issues she has going on, which we still have no idea what they are, and we hopefully will never know because it's not our business. I hope that she is able to find a mental health team to help her with that. It just like that this is I like think Brittany's case is a really good lesson in the dangers of why bad mental health people are so fucking dangerous because they abuse the most vulnerable and then these extremely vulnerable people aren't later able to get help because why would you go get help if you had been abused by these people and like this really happens with kids like a lot of kids are abused by mental health professionals um it's why like so like it's why I, at least I'm glad to be in a social work program that's like really really social justice and ethic ethics and values based like all we do is fucking talk about ethics and values and like there are so many bad social workers and there are so many bad therapists and there are so many bad psychiatrists and it just sucks that like people that really need the help their parents their abusive parents or even not always their abusive parents sometimes the parents just don't know what to do and they take them to they're very vulnerable as well like I think a lot of these therapeutic boarding schools for instance like really take advantage of vulnerable parents as well who are just desperate to help their child and maybe just don't know what else to do. And they really do feel like that they're at the end of their rope and they find this place that promises them that it's going to be better and they don't do the research that they should. And I'm not absolving them of sin, but I do think that there are a lot of parents that are taken advantage of by these places as well for money. And it just fucking sucks that people then are not able to get help. So I hope that Brittany... I think that anybody that would say that Bernie has no issues is like not being trauma informed. <laughs> you know what I like they're not being trauma informed. Like there's she just experienced the biggest betrayal that almost any human can go through for 15 years essentially and I can't even begin to imagine the amount of trauma that she's experienced. So I really hope that she's able to find a care team for her to help guide her through this and a professional team as well. Okay, my somebody asked my thoughts on Friends, the show. Um, I liked Friends when it was on TV. Like my mom really liked Friends, so we would watch Friends. Um, But I don't, it, like, and I'll watch, I mean, back in the day when I used to like watch live TV, you know, like I would watch Friends reruns. But Friends isn't really one of my shows. Like I don't turn it on on HBO Max or whatever channel it's on. I only know it because I remember everybody losing their minds about it, leaving network Netflix. So friends is definitely not one of my shows, like one of my rerun shows, but it's fine, I guess. Uh, Somebody asked my opinion on cancel culture with some of the Vanderpump rules cast. Are you watching the new season? I'm not really sure what that means. Um, I'm not watching the new season. I'm not really keeping up with it either. If you're meaning like the people that got fired from the show, then I say good fucking riddance and they deserved it. A bunch of people ask me about John Mulaney. I don't care about John Mulaney. This gossip like does not speak to me. Um, I think it's because I like didn't follow John Mulaney at all before he went to treatment. Like I don't I not that I don't care for his comedy, but like I never watched his stand up. I didn't even know he had a wife. Like I didn't know anything about his wife. I just started seeing last year, um, like last fall, people in like this Facebook group I'm in were like, oh my God, John Mulaney's wife unfollowed him and removed all their pictures. Like they're definitely getting a divorce. And then I saw that he was going to treatment and then the baby thing. Um, I Do I think it's messy? Yeah, of course. Do I think it's a good idea for him to have a baby like a month after he's sober to get someone pregnant? Like obviously not. But like What I mean, it happened. Like, he slept with someone and got her pregnant. I highly doubt it was on purpose. As far as the wife thing goes, I don't know anything about them. And yet, I knew that they were separated at least last September. Like, she fucking deleted everything of him off Instagram. Like, so uh, to me, it seems like the timeline... Is believable that they broke up last fall, and they were broken up before he went into treatment. My guess would be that she thought they would get back together once he got sober, and that's kind of why she was so like, "I didn't really know this was happening. I'm so devastated." Um, Like it's messy, but John Mulaney like is just not a character in my life, so I don't care that much about it, and I don't know like anything about his wife at all, so I don't feel protective in any way over her. Um, somebody said Beyonce is overrated. I so I disagree and I agree I think I think stan culture around Beyonce is unhinged and I do think that there is I think that's the case though with like a lot of celebrities right like I think this idea that Beyonce is like the greatest thing that's ever walked planet earth and she is beyond criticism and there's no way to criticize her and if you do criticize her like you deserve to die and she's the best thing that's ever like ever been birthed like yeah I I don't think that's true (laughs) I think the stan culture around her is, like, unwell. But do I think Beyoncé is overrated as a performer? No. I think she's incredible. I think she truly changed the game with that Beyoncé digital drop, like, surprise digital drop. She changed everything with, like, with that. I think Lemonade is fucking incredible. As a child, I, like, loved Destiny's Child. And me and my mom saw them in concert three times because we loved Destiny's Child. Um I think Beyonce makes great music. I think she's a great performer. I think that she's been a little... I've been bored with a lot of her Jay-Z adjacent stuff since... Like, since Lemonade, she hasn't really done anything that's excited me. But Lemonade was truly a Magnus... What is it? Magnus Opus? Is that how you say it? Like, that was lifetime achievement work. It was so good. Beyonce, her good stuff is so fucking good, that I really think she is, like, one of the best of the generation, like, our generation, for sure. But, like, I think that stan culture is, like, inherently toxic and unhealthy and that, like, literally nobody can be as good as their stands make them out to be. Does that make sense? Oh, Okay. As somebody asked me my thoughts on the Taylor Swift and Carly Klaus rumors. I don't think any of that's true. I think Taylor is extremely straight. I said this before. People always come for me. I think Taylor is straight as a fucking arrow. I just do. Sorry. <laughs> uh, somebody asked, all the team mom cast members who say they're bipolar, are the team mom cast members you say they're bipolar actually diagnosed? It's so many. Yes, I think so. I think they are. I think that, um, that When you get pregnant and carry your baby to term as a teenager, you undoubtedly have quite a lot of trauma um, and, for the most part, probably an unstable childhood. Um, And, like, you come from, like, a family that has some issues usually. Like, I think that's just statistically true of teen parents and why we work so hard not to have kids become teen parents because it is very traumatic and it does cause a lot of instability. And so I think that like if you have a childhood of trauma, you come from an unstable family, which most of the cast of the Teen Mom does. And I I don't think that's why they're teen parents. I'm not saying that, but I think like to be on the show Teen Mom, like to let your child go on this show speaks to an instability in your family. I do like to let your teen child go on reality TV, like really speaks speaks to the parents' poor parenting skills. Um, so I think that it they are all diagnosed with it. And I think that it's real. I think that T-Mom, like, uh, protects, project. what's sort of the word I'm looking for? T-Mom attracted people that, like, had mental health issues. And that's why they got on the show. So you have somebody asked me that. Ferris says that Chelsea purposely got pregnant to be on 16 and pregnant. Um, I don't believe that to be true I don't think she purposely got pregnant to be on 16 pregnant but I think she purposely got pregnant to stay with Adam um, I think that Chelsea first of all all of Chelsea's sisters had children very young she's like they're not teen parents they're not teen parents but I think her sister was like 19 I think her sister was 20 when she had her her baby that's around Aubrey's age but she also had, I'm pretty sure still born baby before that like her other sisters, I think, all had their babies in their very early, early 20s. Um, I think Chelsea, like, wanted to be a mom and also thought, like, if she had a baby by Adam, it would, like, force Adam to stick around. But was 16 and pregnant even on air when the the 16 pregnant season two girls were, like, getting pregnant? Like I'm, I, they could not have been that far along. You know what I mean? There wasn't that much of a time difference between sixteen pregnant season one and sixteen pregnant, like sixteen pregnant season one airing and sixteen pregnant season two casting. I don't think there was enough of a time difference in which, like the the cast of sixteen pregnant season two was getting pregnant on purpose to be on TV. Okay, let me see. Oh, somebody asked me what I think about the validity of blind items. I think a lot of them are bullshit. A lot of them. A lot. I mean, some are real. Of course, some are real. But I think a lot of them are bullshit. Um, somebody said Jessica Simpson's weird dad, Brooke Hogan's weird dad, and other creepy Hollywood parents. Uh, I think Jessica Simpson's dad was weird because he was a gay pastor, right? Like, I think that that makes you weird when you are suppressing your sexuality that way. And, um, like have a lot of religious trauma to the point that you become a pastor despite the fact that you're a closeted homosexual you become like a southern baptist pastor i think that just like then like you become a fucking weirdo as a result um brooke hogan's weird dad i haven't re-watched hogan's knows best in many years uh i think hulk hogan is just like a fucking weirdo i think to be in hollywood you have to be very weird honestly i really do Okay. I think that's it for my pop culture hodgepodge thoughts on life and things that are going on. I hope everybody has a nice week. I'm pretty sure I will be here the weekend of Christmas, but I think I'm going to take New Year's Eve weekend off. But I won't talk to you till after Christmas. So I hope everyone has a lovely Christmas if you celebrate. Um, and if you don't, I hope you at least get Friday off for a nice long weekend I hope everybody has a great week and I'll talk to you next week Bye. this podcast is brought to you by Solid Listen Network find me on Instagram at feathers underscore pod